Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. How are you? Like really, truly, how are you right now? Right this second. The world is all wacky and weird right now. We're we're doing this thing that we've never done before that no none of us have any idea what we're doing. The magic is moving so quickly right now. The messages, the uploads, the downloads, all the all the growth is happening so fast. And so is the anxiety and the fear. So really, truly, how are you? Please send me a message. I'm at Kelsey Abbott CPC on Instagram. Please send me a message and tell me, how are you? Now, this week's conversation is with Emma Jensen. So Emma and I met, I don't know, we met through social media somehow. And a couple months ago, my dog, Makai, he's 13 and we don't believe in age in this family. And he acts like a puppy and he chased a bunny one morning. And two days later, all of a sudden he couldn't stand up and it was terrifying. And we called around trying to get a vet appointment, finally got an appointment. And at the same time, I had reached out to Emma because she is a brilliant animal healer. I'd never, Makai and I had never worked with her before, but I just felt this urge to reach out to her. She did a healing for Makai. Oh my goodness. It was so good. It was so loving. It was so healing. It was so powerful. It was so intuitive. And her healing ended I don't know, maybe like half an hour before we were going to leave for the vet appointment. And we were going to, we allowed so much extra time to get Makai up and out the door and to the car and then from the car to the vet office because, because he wasn't even standing up. And so we go to get him to stand up and he stands up and he walks out the door and walks to the car. We were half an hour early for the appointment because of the work that Emma had done. You guys, I can't, I can't say enough about how magical she is, how powerful she is, how connected she is, and how incredibly loving this human is. I am so incredibly grateful for her. But guess what? We didn't talk about animal healing or animal communication at all in this conversation because Emma, Emma is also a human design reader. And this conversation is, it's all about human design. Emma and I basically totally nerd out playing, talking about our own experiences with human design, playing with each other's charts, asking each other, what does it feel like to have this center open or this center defined? Because the thing about human design is, I we know on the surface what it, what this gate means or this open center means or this defined center means. But unless you actually live it, you don't know what it feels like. So we really dug into learning from each other so we could truly understand or start to understand what it feels like to have different centers open or defined or have different gifts or gates and channels and all the magic. And if you are at all interested in human design, well, welcome to the rabbit hole. We totally went down it and we played hardcore in it. And I absolutely loved this conversation. I hope you do too. And please remember you guys, please reach out to me at Kelsey Abbott CPC on Instagram. Let me know how you are. I love you. Go forth and be awesome. So everything's normal. Just keep talking. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't know if there's like structure to this or how it goes. No. Yeah. Okay. What do you want me to keep this talking is about? This is all that fun. <laughs> um, I, I wanted you to talk more about like, so not feeling seen, not being able to see yourself. Oh gosh. Yeah. So being a projector, it was so interesting learning that, like that's who I was because it made so much sense, but also really getting clear on understanding that I can see others so clearly but that I cannot see myself clearly at all was like a big game changer in the sense that now I really rely on those that like I super trust around me to be like, Hey, 
I'm feeling really stuck right now. And I feel like there's probably a block somewhere. I cannot see it. So can you help me like see what, like where I'm going wrong or maybe what I'm not seeing and like help me through that. And it's been so helpful because it can be so frustrating or become maybe somewhat bitter as a projector, being able to see others so clearly and then not having, and then not feeling like you have that same grip on your own life and feeling like, oh my gosh, like what is wrong with me? Or like, why can't I see myself clearly? Why can I just like, you know, see what Kelsey needs to do or see what like Susan needs to do or whatever. And I can't turn that back on myself and becoming okay with that has been really hard, but also like a big game changer because now I can like look at my life and, and it's been really hard for me to ask for help. So this has really made me have to go and like lean more on that and say, okay, who are the people in my life that I truly trust? And I truly know that like they, they have my back and that they're going to um, tell me that like truth and honest, like be as honest as possible, but like for my, like my own good and not like being competitive or, you know, saying what is best for them and putting that on me. It's just like, these are the few people in my life that I know are going to like say it as it is. And they know me so well that they know like what's best for me. And then I can like really take what they have to say and then kind of sit with that and be like, okay, how does that apply to my life or how has that shown up or how can I like make this better? I feel like that little tidbit is going to help so many projectors. I hope so. Also, does that make it easier for you to understand all your gifts in the spleen to understand that they're for you being intuitive about other people instead of turning it on yourself? Uh, So that's like everything in my chart is really learning and not turning them on myself. That's been really hard. And it's definitely something that I still work, like work through, especially as I move from being in the corporate world to like having my own thing and having a lot of these things starting to come up because like fear of the future is something that I have in my chart. And now that I have my own thing and things are not as like stable, if you will, as they are when you're in like a corporate job that has crept up a lot. And so a lot of that is like, look like having to take that and say, okay, this is not meant for me. And knowing that it's my fear, it's mine to solve, not solve, but it's mine to heal so that I don't pass that on to somebody who has it open. Mm. Because if I don't heal my own fears, right, then whoever has this open, they're going to take in mine and amplify them. And I feel bad for them because now they're ampl- they don't know where it came from. And if they aren't aware of their human design or like how their whole design works, they're now taking in and thinking that they have all these fears and they're trying to process them and they're trying to figure out where they fit and they won't be able to find it or they'll just go down this whole rabbit hole. And so it's been, it's been a journey because I also have the doubt gate and I've turned that on myself a lot, doubting my abilities, doubting my skills, doubting my gifts, my entire life. And I'm not, I just want everybody to hear this. You're not meant to put that on yourself. And I've put that on myself for 32 years. And now like I'm now able to take a step back a little bit and say, okay, if I, if I am doubting something in mine uh, or in me, most likely that's related to a fear. So like, let's go look at those fears. Let's like work through those, heal them so that I don't have to deal with them again, or at least to the same like strength. And then nobody else has to deal with them either. And also at, in your career as an intuitive like clean everything up like we Mm -hmm. want your your intuition to be super clean and sparkly and open and no baggage in there totally so it's like a full-time job all on its own sometimes addressing your own fears because it's hard right like you think you have all these fears or maybe you think you have a bunch of fears and you end up looking at your chart and you're like okay I thought I had all of them, but when I take a bigger look, like, okay, I really only have like four of the six or whatever. Mm -hmm. So these are the ones that I'm going to step into and I'm going to really like focus on. And if the other ones do pop up, knowing that they're not mine, they're somebody else's. So I can just send those back to sender and say, thank you, but no, thank you. I have my own to deal with. 
And like, then just like, it's made it easier for when those come up to be like, okay, cool. I recognize those. They're not mine. So I'm just going to like, let them go. Mm. Easier said than done. I understand. Oh, of course. Of course. Um, I feel like all of that is so interesting because I can, I, so fear of the future is my son personality gate. It's my, like, this is my thing. Crystal balling is not my thing, but being intuitive for other people learning, like people are like, Kelsey, what, what's your hit on this? Like in the next couple of weeks for me. And I'm still uncomfortable sharing it. Cause I'm like, I cannot predict the future, yeah. but I share it. And then I'm like, what am I going to do tomorrow? I don't know. Like I got, I got nothing when it comes to me. <laughs> and that's a lesson. Totally. And it's, I think we all just have to know that nobody can predict the future. It's all like, we all have free will. So yes, like some people can see what's coming. Like you have the ability to see what's like, what can, what can transpire and like what can come, but we can all make our own choices that can either allow that thing to come in or not allow that thing to come in, which is why it can be so important to learn your design and to learn the things that are in your chart so that the more that you can get clean and clear of everything, like all your conditioning and all the stuff, the more that that like thing that maybe you're wanting to bring in or that you are like seeing that can come into the future has a better chance of coming in than if you just like be like, okay, cool. Like I'm just going to sit here and wait for that thing to come in. But all of like your head, like you're in this emotional wave, maybe, which I just want to say super jealous that you have a subtle emotional wave. I would have, I want to talk about that. Yeah. I want to talk about emotional waves, but no, please let's talk about them. Um, but like they can be marred by their emotional wave, their own fears, like their motivation or lack of motivation. And so it's really just knowing that we all have to take control and responsibility for our own lives and not put it on somebody else to predict it for us. Yes. But to use it as a tool. Exactly. Like, is this thing going to work? If I start this thing, do you see that it's going to like work in the future or whatever? Like, yes, that's perfect. Right. But like, is this relationship going to work? Also a good way of using it, but also just like, I don't know. I, I just think we have to take a little bit more responsibility. And I say that to myself as well. Yeah. And I think actually take responsibility on both sides because I was saying to my husband this morning, I wonder how many times in my life I've had a hit that like, a, like kind of a get out of this relationship, get out of this arrangement or this opportunity isn't for me. And I've talked to other people about it and they've all been like, no, this is fine. Or this is really good. And I've been, as I have no evidence, I'd need someone to do. I have no evidence to back it up that I'm like, okay, like stick it out. And then further on down the line, I get out and I'm like, oh yeah. Had that thought a year ago. Yeah. But didn't know to act on it. Well, you have three things that are telling you, right? Two, essentially within your chart. Like you get the instant hit of yes or no. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, it's going to work. I should do or shouldn't do this, whatever. Then you have your emotional wave. (laughs) I put it in quotations just because, mostly because I'm just jealous about it. (laughs) And then you have your sacral that you get to go and ask, like, should I stay or should I go? And then it's all about trusting yourself and like making those decisions. But it's really scary, especially if it's new. And your mind is telling you to do something or your friends are telling you to do something or your family or society or whatever, but your body is telling you something different. And this, I just think is like entire human design of everything, like your whole life. But then it's like really just getting comfortable stepping into, no, like I know myself best. I know what's best for myself. Like my body, my, whatever my mechanism is that tells me what to do is going to lead me in the right place. It's going to lead me down the right path. That's going to be easy and flowy versus something that just feels kind of hard and like I have to push and kind of like claw a little bit or just feels kind of ugh. Yes. Like when we feel pulled, that's that's how we get to feel. And that's totally. for me it feels like every time I every time I listen to everything that's telling me all the answers, which is never my head. Um, I feel like it's like I take a step forward in a board game. 
I'm like, I'm, yeah. getting, I'm getting better at this because every time I do it, I'm practicing it. It's like doing like lifting weights. Every, exactly. every time I do it, I'm getting stronger. Exactly. And the more you do, it's just like you build anything. Yeah. And it's all about tiny steps. And that was something that came up in my meditation this morning that I have to remind myself about. It's all about the small steps and not the like, oh, well, this person's at this point. So like, I should be able to do that. So I'm just going to like jump to there. Like there's no Pasco. There's no like all these things. Like you have to take the steps. You have to show to yourself that it works or that like you have the confidence in it to then be able to build upon that and then to be able to do these bigger things. Yes. Let's, okay. Emotional waves. Oh, yeah. Um, I have a doozy. You do, but you don't have the dooziest. What's the dooziest? Because I would argue minus. What makes you feel like that? So mine is what is called spontaneous highs and lows or what Jenna calls spontaneous highs and lows. So for me, I can be feeling great in one moment and then all of a sudden just feeling terrible the next for no reason, just all of a sudden. And the low can last for an hour. It can last for a couple of days. I've had it last for a month, which is mostly because I, I perpetuated it, but it's, it's so, it's so unpredictable and it's such a roller coaster. Whereas I feel like you're saying the escalator is more of the doozy. That's what most people think. Yeah. Really? I feel like that one you can almost sense is coming because right. It's like building a little bit, like things are going well and well. And then it like just drops out from under you, which yeah, it's terrible. But at least like you have these things that like were good that like we're building upon each other before. Yeah, so Whereas, you don't like the sneak attack. What? So you don't like the sneak attack? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. I I want to be able to I'm very much a planner. I like to like be able to chart things out and know when I'm going to do stuff and like all the things. And having this like I've I've made much more like friends with it than I have in the past, but also learning that I have an emotional wave and that this is what it is has helped me feel so much better about myself and that there wasn't something wrong with me or that I was bipolar in some capacity because that's what it can feel like because you feel fine or you either feel high or you feel fine one day or one moment. And then all of a sudden you're like super bluesy or mood, like you feel super moody. And you're like, why can't I control my emotions? And people ask you that too. Like, why can't you control your emotions? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you like so moody all the time? Which then just like, if you're in your low, just like makes it even worse because now you're like, well, why does everybody hate me? And why can't I control myself? And like, it just all these terrible things happen. So the, like the spontaneous highs and lows is such a roller coaster. And I, if people feel like they have an emotional wave or they have this like reach out to somebody to figure out which one you have because I feel like learning which one you have is so helpful to so. be able to like come to terms with it more and to be able to recognize when it's happening and what's happening and so when you are low you're like okay I understand this is what's happening it's not for me to process it's not because something happened that I need to like figure it out and like work through it or anything like that whereas if you flip over to the fear side of things like yes those are the things that we need to process and need to work through but our emotions those are things that they just come out of nowhere sometimes and some days you're having great days some days you're having terrible days and you feel like you have to put on this face for everybody else so that you're not bringing everybody else down, but like coming to terms and understanding which one you have and being able to like see it throughout your life has been so helpful. It doesn't necessarily make it any easier when it happens. And like when you're in the low, cause you're like, dang it, I'm in the low again. But you're like, okay, because I'm here, I'm just meant to be here. And I don't need to process it. I, I don't need to like push my way out of it. I just need to like feel what I need to feel and like continue on with my life. Yes. So, okay. Let me share this from the subtle okay. perspective. Yeah. Learning that I had emotional authority was actually more like a, wait, what? And I, yeah. I ended up messaging Jenna at some point and I was like, the only thing on my chart that doesn't resonate is this emotional wave. And she's like, send me your chart. 
And I did. And she's like, you've got this subtle emotional wave. It feels like you don't have one. I'm like, oh, so it took me, it's still, this is still a work in progress figuring out. So how am I supposed to use it if I don't really know when I'm in a wave? Cause it's like a little tiny blip. And then I recently found myself in a lull and was like, oh, I'm in an emotional wave. I get it. I love that you got excited about it. <laughs> a, little, a little bit excited. And then I was excited to go to bed because I was like, so when I wake up, everything's going to be better. Totally. <laughs> Everything, like all the clarity. So like I, in the past, had definitely like experienced lulls like that and thought it was, oh, I thought about it. In other words, I was looking for a reason. What yeah. prompted this? Oh, it's because I'm like, I'm frustrated about this or I got triggered by this. And I was it was so much clarity to be like, oh, no, I'm in an emotional wave. And probably because I'm in that emotional wave, then when I saw these pictures on Instagram, that triggered me and made me feel, it just like mirrored back to me that I'm in this lull. But for me, it feels like the subtle wave feels tricky because I have to figure, I have to notice when I'm in it. Totally. Is your husband open in his he what? He's the same as you, spontaneous eyes. Oh, and oh. tell him I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but I mean, finding somebody who has it open can be really helpful, right? Because they can mirror back to us once they understand that what they're feeling isn't necessarily theirs, but they can mirror back to us where we are on our wave. So like, I'm sure there's somebody in your life that does have it open. Mm-hmm. And once they understand how to use it and what it, like what it looks like and stuff, they're so helpful for us and which can be hard for them because especially depending on where we are in our ways, like it can be really overwhelming to feel, but when we have them in our lives, we can kind of use them and ask them, okay, what are you feeling? Like I need to understand where I'm at on this wave so that I can now be able to then like just understand it for my own in the future and not have to like come to you all the time. But in order to like find my way through this wave so that I can figure it out in the future. Like I need your help. That's why I love human design. We all help each other. I know. And we need each other. Like we, like as emotionals, we really truly can't see it. We don't get it. We're just like, I feel like when I'm in a wave, it feels like my goggles are foggy. Like Mm -hmm. I'm in goggles. Like I can't, we can't see it that well. And then that experience that I was talking about, earlier um it was like the next morning I remember seeing the sunrise and being like good morning world everything is so crisp and perfect and beautiful um a lesson in learning super sparkly is my normal state so if I feel dull Mm -hmm. then I'm in a wave yeah oh okay but I had a friend who's got an open solar plexus say to me once I was telling her a story and she was like feel like I'm going to cry. Like, I feel like there are tears. And I was like, huh? Yeah, I guess there's a little bit of sadness in that story, but it's like, wow, that's the degree to which she's amplifying it. Cause I don't, I, I didn't feel anywhere close to tears. And for me to be like, Oh, sadness. Okay. That's what sadness feels like. That tiny little, tiny little blip. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it has to be hard having a subtle to like understand what it feels like. I tell the people in my life who have an open emotional solar plexus to like stay away from me when I'm in a low. Cause I'm like, you're going to amplify this. And I don't need, you don't need to feel this. Like this is a lot. So you just don't jump in my energy. Like, let's not like do anything right now because I, I kind of want to spare you from this. Um, so it's cool though. Like you get to see that, like we get to use each other to figure out where are we and like you can even use each other to see like where are we within our like deconditioning process. Yeah, and I love I love that our emotional waves push us towards divine timing. Mm-hmm. So I also love that they buffer us from other people's emotions. So I can talk to you when you're on a low, and hopefully I'll be like, "It's fine, no problem here." Except I'll feel your mental energy. So as long as yeah. you're not like chattering in your head about it, we're good. Well, yeah, that probably. happens sometimes. Because <laughs> that's what happens. We feel the emotion first. Yeah. We like wonder why things are so blurry. Why mm-hmm. are we feeling this way? And then add all this other stuff on top of it because 
it's we want it all to be cause and effect. I think mm-hmm. I feel like it's humans, maybe it's just me. Um, but I'm baffled by this emotional wave thing. I'm like, well, how does it like where does it come from? What? Why does it happen? Yeah. That's what I want to know. <laughs> why? Why universe? Why do we why did I choose to have this kind of emotional wave? I I agree. I'm baffled by it. Um I I don't I feel like I'll drive myself crazy if I try to figure it out because I'm just like so I have an answer so- for why I chose this. Oh yeah, okay. Of course I don't know why. I don't know if it's right, but um my theory is that my soul was like I'm going to protect her against other people's emotions. So, all right, define solar plexus. And then let's let's make it a subtle one so she's not going to go on a roller coaster. But she's going to have to learn discernment. Mm. She's going to have to learn to listen really, really closely to how she's feeling. I love that. And then we get divine timing. I need, I hold on to that. (laughs) That like. Have to. to Divine timing. This leads to divine timing. Totally. And I feel like it does. And it's just having to trust that because a lot of times I have pushed through the low and I have done or made decisions, whether I felt like I had to, or maybe I felt like I wasn't in a low. And then I realized, oh, yep, nope, that was still a low. And sometimes they work out. Sometimes they don't work out. And I am way more likely to say no to everything in a low than I would be if I was neutral or like back at kind of center and being able to like actually be able to think kind of, but like feel into that, whatever that thing is. And like, okay, how does this make me feel? How does this like work with, you know, where I want to go or my motivation or whatever. And if I don't wait for that, then I can say, no, thank you way too quickly. Yeah. Yeah. As you were talking, I just realized some, another way that I've used mine this is before I knew about human design. I am, since I've had my own business, I have experienced the occasional day of like, this isn't working. What am I doing? Mm. What, you know, like this is a disaster, you know, all the spirals. And then I've learned to get excited when I experience those days, except like sad for me because it doesn't feel good, but excited because I have learned that the next day is always an, always a new opportunity comes in. So I always want to fast forward those miserable days. I love that. My emotional wave. And I I love that. It's so cool. Yeah. Cause it does, it gets us back on whatever the divine timing that we're meant to be on, Mm -hmm. whether in a nicer, maybe like a quieter way or a louder way. Yeah. And it's just a way they're all great. All of the waves are great. It's just getting to know yours. And so you can use it. And so you can identify it and you can like implement it into your life so that you're not just upset with yourself when you wake up sad or angry and you don't understand why. And you're just like, like maybe you had a dream or you didn't have a dream. You're like, why am I so angry? Like, this is the worst thing ever. And it's just like, that's just what happens sometimes and you just got to roll with it and it's okay. You know, I feel like we're also here to show people that emotions are okay. Yeah. That, that sadness and anger, while they don't always feel very good, they don't ever really feel very good. Um, they're not, they don't need to be labeled as bad. Yes. This has been huge for me because I, at a young age, I honestly don't really know what happened, but I decided that showing emotions was not good or was scary or didn't lead to what I wanted. So I stopped or I just showed what I wanted people to show. And even to this day, I can go to people that I knew growing up or even just a couple of years ago and tell them like how maybe insecure I felt or whatever. And they're like, nope, you're like the most confident person I know. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Are you arguing with me about like how I felt about myself? Like, okay, that's interesting. But it's, it's, 
it's learning that vulnerability is one of our superpowers and sharing our emotions um, and and not in like a negative way of taking them out on somebody else, but just using them to show the rest of the world that it's okay has been so cool for me to kind of go through that journey, even though it's been very difficult. <laughs> but the more that I share on Instagram or on Facebook of just like my own journey and just like what I've been through or like what I, how I'm feeling or all those things, those are the posts that I get the most like like comments and stuff back from or people will reach out and be like it's super inspiring like what you're doing and your whole journey and how you're going about it and like all of these things and those are just testaments to me to say okay like you need to step into this more and emotion is okay I was somebody who would never cry in public and now cry a lot and sometimes I even kick, like will catch myself trying not to but it's really just learning that Emotions are good. Some people don't feel them the same way that others do. Like we all have our own wave or maybe we don't have a wave and we just feel the emotions of others or we just feel emotions because something happened to us. But all of those things are good and okay. And we all have things to learn from them. But the, the more that we hide our emotions from the rest of the world, the more that we're hiding ourselves and essentially putting more conditioning on ourselves that we're not like living into or stepping into the person that we chose to be like we chose to be this person that you see on your body graph or however you like want to look at it like we chose to be this person so the more that we hide to that person the more we're just like being a disservice to ourselves yes oh, that was that was a mic drop um also i cry in public all the time i cry it I cry at commercials. I cry at movies. I cry. I used to coach this women's triathlon team in Maine, and at their they were all training for Try for a Cure this race to support cancer research. Oh my goodness! If I even went to the race to support them, I would like not even be able to cheer for them because I'm blubbering so hard. I'm like full on bawling watching them all. Yeah. Yep. It's beautiful. The emo that subtle wave doesn't always look so subtle. <laughs> it feels just as deep as the rest of us. <laughs> yes. I can't yeah. imagine going deeper than that, actually. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, I cried all the things. It's kind of a joke now. <laughs> so, so let's move on to how do you listen to your spleen? You've also got your spleen lighting up, giving you the instant feedback, the instant instinct, the instant intuition. Yeah. How do you listen to that? Do you listen to it when you're an emotional wave? Yeah. So this one's hard because I am also an Aries. If you look at the Zodiac, so Aries are very like action oriented and like want to do things. So for me, I do hear my spleen and depending on what it's about, it it makes me just want to go do the thing or just answer in the moment. But I've been able to hold back now a little bit and understand and like hear what, what my spleen says in the moment of like, yes, you should do this program or no, you shouldn't like email this person or you should put out this or whatever the case is. And then I'll go through my emotional wave. And I'm at to the point now though, that I don't necessarily need to go through the whole thing. Um, I, I, I've been through it enough now that sometimes I can just take like a few hours and if I'm still feeling the same way, I'll move forward with it. But I have like, I do take note of it and I do run through my wave, especially if it's something bigger and I'm really good at telling people like, you know, I just need like a day to think about it or I just need some space to like go over it and like, I'll let you know in a day or two, because sometimes I feel like my wave can take a week or more to go through because it can be super slow and sometimes it's super fast. So sometimes if it's for a decision specifically, I can get through it faster and get through is probably the wrong words to use, but that it almost happens faster because it's, there's like a reason for it to happen. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Whereas if there's no big decision to be made, then it kind of just runs its own course. So it's almost like I have two waves going at the same time one that's like much easier and flowier, I guess, or just like longer. 
and one that's a little bit sharper depending on if I need it or not. So I definitely listen to my spleen and sometimes it's just so overwhelming or I just can't help myself because there's just like all of this energy and stuff coming up within me. And when I know that that's happening, I know like, okay, like you just need to move forward with this. Like if it's something where like, I don't want to go to bed at night because Hey, projectors, like we like to sleep. And it was something I was definitely made fun of for when I was a kid for like wanting to sleep so much. But if I like don't want to go to bed or I want to get up early and like, I want to do it, then I know like, okay, this is something that I really want to do. And so I'm just going to move forward with it regardless of my wave. That mm. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's really helpful. Um, and you said something in there. Oh, do you have the gate of starting like the pressure to start? Mm-mm. Nope. So I find I that do. I, for some reason can only see the top half of your chart right now. Um, I have that and I have had conversations with people when I learn of something that I want to change or I want to do something about it. I want to do, I want to do it right now. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, I've always been baffled by people who are like, yeah, well there's a, like there's something that should change over there. And I'm like, we, well, let's do it. it. But you also have the sacral, right? Like you have the energy to then go and do it and go and and create the thing or start the thing or whatever. I do not have attention to detail. I I have that a little bit. So I have the gate that's the um, like desire to perfect, Mm -hmm. which can be good and bad. But I, I don't have, I don't have the pressure to start, but I do have like four gates in my root, which is a little bit heavier. So I, I do have that like momentum. Um, but it's, it, I just, I, I love all this stuff so much, but one thing that I think would be really good to talk about, which we talked about before is your G center or the identity center, because mine is undefined and yours is defined. And <laughs> Coming from an undefined person, there's a lot of things, but the one thing that I I will say uh, is that for those who have it defined, you most likely like want to or need to speak your thoughts, your feelings, your things to be able to process stuff. That is amazing. But when you come to somebody who is undefined and like, that's what you need to do. Like, can you just say, Hey, I just need a sounding board. I don't need you to like respond, especially if it's a projector, because I've been in situations where people have done that and like, I'll just keep getting cut off. Like when I'm trying to respond and I'm like, I'm sorry, what is happening here? Like you're telling me all these things. I'm trying to help you, but you keep cutting me off. And I don't like, now I understand what's happening. Like back then I didn't understand. I know out of this as a G center thing. Yeah. It's a G center thing. It's like, you need to, I, I forget exactly what Jenna was saying, but it's the, you need to be able to speak it out so that you can process it. Mm-hmm. And like, for me, I, I can just do it in my head. Like, I don't know. I just do it internally. I don't need to like say it out loud in order for the thing to like become a thing. But I've had so many conversations with people that they're, they like are, you know, they need a sounding board, but that's not what they're saying. They're just like, Hey, can I talk to you about something? And then they start talking and I'm like, Oh, well, you know, like, you know what you could do. And then I like say what you can do and I'll be like four words into it. And then I get cut off and I'm like, I'm sorry, what's happening. You so invited I- me into the conversation. I can help you yet. I keep getting cut off. And it's just because that's like what they needed and they just didn't know. And I didn't know at the time, but now I do. Okay. I'm, this is fascinating to me. I totally missed this in the training. So my husband and I both have to find G centers and it, that piece shows up so differently in really? both. He will, he's definitely an external processor and he will talk out all the details. And I've learned to be like, do you need me to say anything? Yeah. That's what I say. Sometimes I say like, do I, am I supposed to be here? <laughs> or do you want me to agree? Do you just like tell me when to speak? Yeah. Totally. Um, and I sometimes I I'll be like I just need to talk this out, but I do also process a lot internally. And I I'm wondering how much of this comes from coach training mm-hmm. because I'll like go through the whole thing in my head, 
journaling for me is like a horrible, painful process. Mm. Not interested in that at all because I've already like processed it myself. So anything I'm writing is basically taking notes on what I've already done, which I find totally boring. Like I don't, I don't do reruns well. If I've, I've also learned this about myself. If, if I've had like an epiphany about something, I've got some choices. What do I want to do with it? Do I want to write a social media post? Do I want to tell somebody or do I want to like record a video? But I can't do all of them because once I've shared it, it's it's dead. Like I'm no longer interested. Interesting. I love that. Yeah, I have I think it might come from partly from gate 1. The, yeah, the need yeah. to create newness. Yeah. But also, could it, is there any, I guess, could there be any conditioning around like having to need somebody to sort through your own ideas or your own things? Like, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like you do it anyway, but if you also do it internally, I mean, and it sounds, I feel like you, you're doing things really well. So like, it's probably not a lot here, but but that would be the only thing I can think of if like you do it both ways is when you do it the other way, is it because you don't want to burden somebody with like saying or like taking up their time when you're not like, I don't, I don't know that I, but I do think it's, I have the gate of, I call it the, I, I do it myself. Um, the, what is it? Taking care of the pressure to the root gate. 54. I forget what it is. I was just yeah. looking at it too. It's, um, to take care of yourself, to take care of yourself. Oh, providing for oneself. Yes. Providing for oneself. So I've got that. I'm an only child. I think, as I think it's not so much, um, not wanting to burden other people, but it's like the, the practice I've created throughout my life has been, I do it myself. Yeah. It's like, I've just opened up to, oh, and sometimes other people help. So it does help to share with people sometimes. But if they're behind, like I know as an MG, I process things pretty quickly. And I'm, I'm really like, when it comes to driving, walking, running, biking, swimming, I'm so patient. I am not like a road rage type person. But if it, when it comes to somebody being behind me in terms of my ideas, like my process, I'm like, no, I'm done with that. Come on, catch up. I can totally relate to this. Yeah, totally. Although I do, I used to have like major road rage, so I had it there too, but yeah. How did you release that? Um, A lot of it was like through my personal development journey and just being able to like love everybody and know that we're we're all on our own journey together. And um, just like we, I don't know what anybody else is going through. And so it's also like this helped me with worrying also like if there's things that I can't control, like I can't control how other people are going to drive. So me getting upset about it or me being like worried about what somebody else is going to do isn't helpful because like I can't do anything about it. It's just like this whole coronavirus thing. Like I could be super worried that I'm going to get it or like all these things, but what is that helping? It's helping nothing. It's not helping me. It's not helping my animals. It's not helping anybody I talk to. So if I just can like do what's best for me and what's best for everybody around me, that's like, you know, not going out and doing all the things then like, okay, cool. Like whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And like, I can't worry or try to control everything. Although I have tried in the past and it doesn't really work. So it was just like being able to shed a lot of that, of just like a lot, a lot of the control and a lot of the worry and just knowing that. I can only do so much and I'll just worry about myself and control what I can do and just let everything else fall where it's supposed to go. Yes. All right. I want to go back to the G center. What does yeah. it feel like to have an open G center? Oh goodness gracious. It was really hard. Um, now that I understand it, it's a lot easier, but it was probably one of the hardest things within my chart to like really understand and grasp because having an open G center for me at least was I didn't have a sense of who I was like all the time. 
I didn't have a sense of like where I was going, which has always been hard. Cause right. Like growing up, people are like, well, what are you going to like major in college? And what are you going to do? And where are you going to go? And like, what's your five-year plan? And like all these things. I'm like, I don't know. And it's like, your non-specific manifester too. Like, totally. Like all of those things have always felt really like restrictive and constructive. And so for me, finally learning that, okay, I'm not meant to know who I am all the time. And I am somebody who can have 12 different types of friends of groups and be able to interact with all of them like pretty easily and adapt to them and adapt to the environment that I'm in. Like that's been really helpful because I know there can also be a lot of conditioning with that of like, why can't you just be who you are? Like, why do you change? Why are you different with this group of people and that group of people? And I'm like, but I don't, like, I can tell that I'm different, but I don't feel like I'm being inauthentic to myself, but there's so much conditioning or like, there's so much messaging around. That's like, you need to be true to who you are. And like, you shouldn't change for anybody. And like, da, da, da. And I'm like, no, but like, that's who I am. <laughs> like, that's who I'm meant to be. And, and knowing that environment is so incredibly important to me is something that I've come to realize more and more as I've gotten older that I have to be able to curate my environment, both like physically and like where I live and also like large, like outside of like, you know, the room or the house that I live in, but also outside of that, but also like internally like my environment. Like if I am off kilter or if I'm like just trigger all the time, that's not helpful for me. So having an open G center has also been a roller coaster ride and it's been really hard and something that for the longest time I've really, uh, I guess been envious of people who had it defined because I'm like, Oh, well they know who they are. That must be really nice. Like they know where they're going. That must be really nice. Like me sitting here being like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. I don't know. Like how I'm supposed to get there or like who I'm supposed to be in the process or like, what is all this? And especially going through this whole transition from corporate to my own thing has been a whole like identity crisis in its own. So there's like a lot of identity crises, I guess, that I've had over the course of my life that I've just had to really come back to and understand that I am a lot of things and that is exactly who I'm meant to be. And that's like, amazing because I can interact with so many different types of people so easily. Like I can talk to like, like my grandparents or um, like little kids, although little kids scare me a little bit, but like I can talk to all different types of people pretty easily and like pretty fluidly and like effortlessly. One of the things I absolutely love about having this conversation with you is by you describing what it's like to have the open G center, it helps me see what it's like to have the defined G center. Mm. I'm like, you know, we talked a little bit before we started recording how, yeah, I started as a marine biologist, then writer, then personal trainer, group fitness, into professional coaching, human design. It would look from the outside, maybe I had an identity crisis mm. somewhere along the way. And I absolutely positively never did. Yeah. I feel like from a very young age, I was like, I know who I am. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I was confident at all. Totally. I was terrified of most people and of myself. Like I, I remember walking down the hallway saying, I hate myself. I hate myself when I was in grade school. It just me, but I always knew, I always knew who I was. And I think where I was going in the big sense, I'm also a non-specific manifester for, so mm-hmm. like, I didn't know, certainly wasn't doing a five-year plan or a one-week plan or, or a tomorrow plan, <laughs> but, um, but I just had this sense of like, I know who I am. Yeah. That's, it's so beautiful. And it's something that from even a young age, I was always jealous of those people or the kids that were like, yeah, I'm going to be a doctor when I grow up, or I'm going to be this when I grow up. And I'm like, oh. I don't know what I'm going to be like, I feel like I'm supposed to know, but I have no idea. And even going through college, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do or who I want to be or what I'm going to do or be or whatever. And I'm laughing now because I, um, well, there's some feedback. Sorry. 
Um, I majored in business administration as a non-specific and like somebody who doesn't do well with strategy. And I'm like, yeah, I was the one making business plans and like all these things. And it never felt right. But I just told myself, okay, well, this is the thing that makes the most sense that I can like apply to the most things once I figure out like what I'm going to do. So like, I'll just do this. Like I was never invested. I was never, I never felt like super passionate about it. It was just like this logically makes sense. So I'm going to do it, which is how I've lived my life for so long. Like what is the logic? What is the rationale? And when I had my first reading in human design, which is like two ish years ago now, maybe a little bit less. Um, she told me how emotional I was and I'm like, I'm sorry, what? I'm not emotional. Like I'm rational. Ask anybody in my life. I'm super logical. I'm super rational. I am not an emotional person. She's like, no, like you have a lot of emotion in your chart. Like not only do I have the emotional solar plexus, but I also have the channel of emotion. So I just like, it was something that I had to like come back into over the course of essentially two years and probably a little bit longer before I like completely master it. I feel like I went off topic there. I, well, I totally forget. I, yeah, I don't know where we were. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, because you do also have some logic. Well, yeah. Your evidence. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you go more than I do, which is zero. A little bit. Yeah. I have a touch. I mean, it's the thing that's like my biggest gate, right? Is the like substantiating opinions with facts or with things. And so it just. So you've been means- nailing that lifelong. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and it's something I definitely have always looked for. Like if they're, if somebody's trying to convince me of something or trying to get me to do something and it didn't make sense, then I wouldn't do it or I wouldn't do it until it made sense. Or I would argue with them, which we know as an open Ajna, you're not necessarily supposed to argue with people all the time because you're, you're really you don't have your own stuff there, yeah. but that's okay. Um, also something I had to learn over the years. Um, but it was just, it, it, it's just been, it's been a ride, I guess. This whole human design, this whole life has been such a ride. I agree. I, um, am looking at the time and feeling like we should wrap this up. Will you come back? Can we do this again? Totally. I could keep talking to you forever. But I know. I, I want like, okay, to, let's talk about this next. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So we'll wait. Did you have one, one other thing that you wanted to bring up? We don't oh, have I mean, no, I mean, not necessarily, but there's just so many things we could talk about. There's so much. Yeah. Okay. There's, so we'll put on so much. We'll like, let's, on can we talk about our incarnation crosses maybe the next time? Yes. Because I think those are the best. Wait, let's, because, do let's do that now. Let's do okay. it now. Okay. I can't wait. <laughs> okay. So do you want to go first or do you want me? I want you to talk about upheaval. Okay. okay. So mine is the left angle cross of upheaval which when I heard it was like, Oh no, like that's a bad one. Like, ugh, like, Oh gosh, like how terrible. So then I, re- I read about it and I'm like, Ooh, this still sounds bad. I don't know if I like it. Why can't I have a good one? Da, 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 da. But then now when I go, when I can go back and look at it and read it. So the left angle cross of a people is all about essentially provoking people for change. And it's all about like pushing people's buttons and like triggering people in order, not in a negative way. It can definitely be used in a negative way, but more in a way to like help create change in their life. So when I read it, cause I, I have the book that like has the whole page of it. I just laugh because I just like my whole life has been, this has been pushing buttons, has been like triggering people. And I have obviously the gate that's like the provoking gate, but I also have the grace and charm gate, which I think is really interesting because I don't know. I still feel like maybe people see it as provoking versus as like a lesser form of that, but I do love that I have that. So maybe it helps make it look not as, not as like provoking ish. That's not, that's not a word, but, um, I just, I, I love it. And now like when I see it happen, I just laugh because I can see the response in somebody like I was in a group, this was months ago now. And I'd, I'd asked a question that I thought was like, just very innocuous. Like, what are we doing in the next couple of months? And it triggered this like whole response of like, what makes you think that you don't know, like you don't know, or you haven't learned anything or like all this stuff. And I was like, Oh, 
okay, so I can recognize this as being, um, I'm living my incarnation cross. So this is great. This is what I meant to do. And it's just so funny because there's so many things in my life that I'll just say is like, so matter of fact, like I just see it so clearly. And I'm just like, well, yeah, like, of course he's not going to do it because like, he never does it. And then everybody like will stop around me and be like, oh my gosh, like, what did you just say? And I was like, what? Like, it's the truth. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's, is there anything that you can like say against that? Like, this is like, this is the thing. They're like, well, no, like you're right. But I mean, wow. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, yep. You're welcome. Living, living my incarnation cross. Like it's, it's just the best. Like uh, it can feel depending on what you have and like when you learn what yours is and like all the things it can feel really heavy or it can feel like it's this big thing that you have to like accomplish or you have to do, or you have to live into, or like you have to learn so you can do it or whatever. And when you just like sit and think about it, you probably have been living it your whole life. And it's just a matter of you being able to step more like a full, essentially more fully into it. And not like getting down on yourself about it. Cause mine is some, something that I've gotten down on myself for in the past because it's, it's seen, it can be seen as negative and I'm putting that in quotation marks because like, you're not, you're not supposed to do that. Right. You're not supposed to like trigger people. You're not supposed to push their buttons. Like it's not a nice thing to do, but sometimes that's what people need in order to be able to see the change that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love that you love yours. And I think it's so interesting hearing you describe it. And I'm like, so your incarnation cross says that you're here to trigger people. I feel like being an MG triggers people just like my, the way I do things triggers the fuck out of people. And I kind of, now I love it. Yeah. Um, But my incarnation cross is the right angle cross of penetration three. And there's, there, how many, there's tons of incarnation crosses. Almost 200, I think. My mom is the right angle cross of planning. She's a travel agent and has been her whole life. And literally what she does is plan for others. So there, it, sometimes we joke, like, is there the right angle cross of like landscaping? Cause there probably <laughs> is. Actually, I can think of a couple that would fit that, but they're not called totally. that. Um, so mine, I giggled when I first read it because I, I remember when I, quashed my intuition and like I shut it down and then I gradually stepped into it as I stepped into this personal development space I would work with a bunch of intuitives and I was always a little disappointed when they would read something for me because I'd be like I know and they'd be like yeah Kelsey you do know and I, I was like but everyone else is like so surprised and excited by what you share but you always share things I know. And they're like, that's cause you can do this. I'm like, oh, okay. So like just start wrapping my head around it. Then I step into human design and I'm like, oh, I get it. Um, and then there's a couple of funny parts of mine. It's like, it's that penetrating energy. It's a lot like the provoking energy. Except I don't have any grace and charm in my chart to go along with it. So I, I always considered it... I'm, was born and raised in Massachusetts. So I thought it was being a mass hole <laughs> that I just say it like I see it. Um, yeah, I, that's something I'm, I'm conscious of. I'm aware that I just call it like I see it and that sometimes that's a little much for people. So when that's the case, I ask somebody I know who has the gift of either the, knowing the right way to say things or grace and charm to help me like add more words to this please because I really only think like one sentence is necessary but I know it's to be a nice human I should write at least four so can you help me add fluff please so can I just say something that's funny about that I have both of those gates and I'm still like super I used to be very like put lots of words and things and then I worked at Apple and they took that like kind of they took it away and I didn't take it away but it's a different way of doing things now I'm just like super direct about stuff. So I feel like I maybe need to get back into that a little bit, but I'm very much like you. Yes. Um, oh, and mine also comes with this, like the part that I'm still very much learning and trying to understand is like, apparently I can hear things that other humans can't hear. Oh, really? What's yeah. that in your chart? I don't know where that shows. Oh. 
you know, it, it's in the gene keys too. A lot of stuff around ears. Um, but I don't know where it is in terms of gates. It could it's, be 57 because 57 is the fear of future, but it's also intuition. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing that's where it is. That's a funny little thing, but I, I don't like loud noises. Yeah. I and know. the other day I was like, why don't I like loud noises? Oh, because then I can't hear what I'm supposed to hear. And I got full body goosebumps as I said that out loud. And I'm like, okay, don't know what it means, but I guess that's true. Yeah. Do you know what your digestion is? Because that could have something to do with your digestion. Oh, I'm open taste. Meaning I'm a mouth breather. Like I want it when I hear, I digest life by like breathing it in. Yeah, I don't think that has, I don't know them all very well, but I don't think that one has anything to do with like sound. Like it has to be quiet. Yeah. Oh no, I wondered about that because- I do, I would rather eat breakfast alone or like when somebody wants to talk to me, I'm like, can we talk after I'm done eating? So I've definitely, I definitely have something there. I just haven't found it in my chart yet. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll look it up after. I'm going to look it up. What's what your type? Taste. type? Um, I'm calm. So calm, calm touch. It's all about essentially eating by yourself, not in groups where it's like quiet and you don't have a lot of distractions is essentially, although it's basically what I do. I don't like eating out and I pretty much eat by myself <laughs> or I take that back. I eat with Ranger and Sadie also who <laughs> are my dog and cat. Um, but it's, I don't, I don't really like going out to eat. I don't really like going to especially loud places. It's no bueno for me. Um, so I'm like super excited to learn more about all of the arrows because there's just so much in there. Yes. So excited. Um, also as a projector, if you yeah. eat with people, you're gonna get all discombobulated. Like because you're gonna feel their desires and their yeah. desire to keep eating, whereas you might not want to keep eating. It's real life. I've definitely been like, ooh, I really feel like a burger. And then I'll get to the the restaurant. I'm like, oh, pizza sounds good. And then I'll eat it. I'm like, no, I didn't really want this. Dang it. I should have gotten the burger. Uh, Always go with what, like whatever you want. But I will, I will say, I know we have to wrap this up, but I will say, this is how like everything goes with me. I'm like, okay, but one more thing. Um, uh, learning. So for projectors, we're meant to eat like little bits throughout the day. That's something I still haven't been able to like implement. I've just been so much like it's three meals a day. And this is when you eat and I'm, I'm pretty prone to overeating because I'll be, I'll, I'll be hungry going into it. Cause I'm like, well, I have to wait until this time for lunch and I have to wait till for this time for dinner. Cause I'm very structured in some ways, that's, but I feel like that's from corporate or from like, you know, working in a job job where somebody else has some control of your schedule. Yes. But I would say it's mostly from childhood. Like, because mm-hmm. I also have very much ingrained in me, like, this is what your meal looks like. It has protein and it has vegetables and maybe it has like a potato or something. And like, this is what your plate looks like. And when I went vegetarian, it was so hard for me to figure out meals because I'm like, how do I now put a piece? Cause I used to have like chicken vegetables and like a sweet potato. And that would be like what I'd eat every day. And so it was just so difficult. And so a lot of that has been just so ingrained in me from growing up. And yes, like corporate jobs and having shift type jobs where um, like you had until this time and then you ate and then like you, you work the rest of the time. But that's been so hard. I, just like learning about your digestion for your type is fascinating and can change a lot of things for you. Like learning of that projectors, this one I still think is like really interesting and cool. But for us, so any projectors out there, um, if you want to lose weight, you don't really need to go to the gym. You just need to sleep. You just need to allow yourself to sleep whenever you need to sleep and for however long you need to sleep. And that is how we lose weight. It's not by going to the gym and working out all the time. And that one blew my mind because I can tell, I can like look back on my life where I used to go to the gym every day and I was heavier then than I am now. And like, I, I rarely work out. I'm trying to get back into it, but I rarely work out now. 
And I also had a lot of the conditioning of, since I grew up very skinny that, Oh, well wait till you're 30 and your metabolism is going to slow down and you're going to like get bigger. So I started buying clothes bigger than I needed so I could grow into them thinking that like, well, these people must be right. Like they said, I'm going to, my metabolism is going to slow down. So like, I might as well just get clothes that are a little bit bigger and I'm 32 and I'm smaller than I was than I was at 25. And I haven't even, this isn't like by trying or like, because I'm not eating enough because people who know me know that I eat a lot, but it's just like when you are who you're meant to be and you live within your design, the things, the way that you're supposed to be, the way your body's supposed to be, whatever that is for you will find its way. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. Next time we're yes. going to talk about <laughs> digestion and all that. Cause I just want to keep going, but we do have to stop this so yeah, we can do totally. it. Um, okay. real quick, where can people find you work with you in the intro? I'm totally going to brag about your animal healing. So you can talk about that a little bit too. Yeah. So I am an animal communicator and healer, and I also do human design readings. I am kind of like as a projector, um, I'm almost kind of niching more into like the couple realm, which I think is really fun because you get to see them understand them themselves and each other better, which is really cool. So I think by, by the time this comes out, I will have transferred my domain, my domain name over. So you can find me at connected consciousness.com. And that's where you can find all the things that I have. Awesome. Thank you so much. Emma. This is amazing. We're doing Thank it again. You. Yes, please. Thank you for having me. So fun. I could do this forever. We could talk about all the things. So good. Good. Yay. We did it. Thank you so much for listening. If this episode left you thinking about it, just dying to share it, please do. Please share this with with everyone who needs to hear it. And please reach out to me and Emma on social media or through our websites. We really want to hear from you. And if you're interested in a human design reading with me, where we will dive into all the goodies in your chart, please go to kelseyabbott.com slash human design. And finally, if you'd like to support the Find Your Awesome podcast financially, go to patreon.com slash Kelsey Abbott. That's it. Until next week, I love you. Go forth and be awesome. Awesome.